Welcome to So Dead, a podcast hosted by two very sick individuals. I'm Jen Carpenter. And I'm Danny Fairman. Happy True Crime Tuesday. And happy Taco Tuesday to you all. Today, we're going to be talking about a mid-Michigan landmark, the old Stimson Hospital in Eaton Rapids. We'll be speaking with the new owner of Stimson Hospital, Pam Sturgill, about some of the things going on at the Haunted Hospital and her plans for the building's future. But first, a brief history. Built in the 1870s as a single-family home, the 5,000-square-foot Victorian mansion was converted into a 20-bed hospital in 1918. Could you imagine trying to clean a 5,000-square-foot house as your family home? I mean, they had to have... Servants. Yeah. Man servants. Like multiple servants. Maids. True, true. Now that's a life. Yeah. I need one of those. Just one. I don't need multiple. Mm, Just one. I feel like I need a few. I've got four (laughs) boys, so it's all downhill. Yeah. So the hospital originally was named Harriet Chapman Hospital after one of its founders, Nurse Harriet Chapman Brunk. Uh, Harriet was the original founder, and she brought in two doctors that she'd met while attending the University of Michigan, Drs. Charles Stimson and Francis Blanchard, to be her co-founders. The hospital was not even open for six months before tragedy struck the first time. One evening, Dr. Blanchard, who had just finished up a late-night surgery up on the third floor of the hospital, uh, went to take the elevator down to his first-floor office. He pressed the button. The doors open. He stepped inside, but the elevator was not there. So he fell 12 feet down the elevator shaft to the basement of the hospital. He hit his head, Mm. uh, and he lived just long enough to recognize his old friend, Dr. Stimson, who happened to be working in the morgue. Uh, Dr. Stimson ran to his aid. Uh, Dr. Blanchard said a couple of words to him, and then he passed away. That is a fucked up way to go. That's, it is. It's horrible. <laughs> but if you terrible. think about it, it's a little convenient. You know, Dr. Stimson's working in the morgue and he <laughs> hears a noise and he's like, well, what the hell was that? He goes out there. Oh, hello. Hello, Francis. And it's Francis It's so convenient says, for everybody else. Hello, Charles. And then he dies and Dr. Stimson just kind of wraps him up under an arm and <laughs> drags him back to the morgue with him and gets right back to work. Puts a toe tag on him and moves on. <laughs> Time to go. <laughs> and this, ladies and gentlemen, is why we're going straight to hell. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Blanchard's gone. It's just Dr. Stimson and uh, Harriet Chapman Brunk at this point running the hospital. Many believe that from the time that Dr. Blanchard died, his spirit began haunting the hospital, and then he continues to haunt the building to this day. Uh, in fact, since the building has been an apartment complex, many children that have lived there over the years have mentioned having an imaginary friend. That's super creepy. And his name is usually some version of Blanchard. It's Mr. Blanchard or just Blanchard or something Stop. that starts with a B. Yeah, that's what they say. Side note. When my dad was finished in the army, what do they call that? Discharge? Like discharge? He... Retired? Yeah. Something? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, so he did not have family. He was an orphan growing up, but he grew up in Eaton Rapids, so okay. that was home to him. And after the army, he lived in the Stimson Hospital. That's amazing. Did he think it was haunted? He didn't. He said that it was – but he's very much like – Nothing ever hit. Like a skeptic. If you're a ghost, you should be at Disney World because that's the greatest <laughs> place on earth. That's so funny. So, D- Dr. Blanchard did not visit your dad then, is what you're no, saying? No, no. Okay. 
So Dr. Blanchard, obviously it's a hospital. He's not the only person that ever died there. Both of the other founding members of the hospital actually died there as well. In 1930, the hospital's namesake, Harriet Chapman Brunk, died shortly after being diagnosed with a brain tumor. So it was very quick. She got sick and she was dead very quickly. Uh, she was only 48 years old at the time. Oh. So now we're down to one founding member and we're changing the name of the hospital to Stimson Hospital after Charles Stimson who in 1943 was making his rounds and dropped dead of a heart attack in the hospital. So all three of them You're died like there in the building. Doomed. Right. Don't found a hospital, guys. <laughs> right. Do not try to help people or better your community or you will die a terrible death. That's that's the moral. In, in Eaton Rapids. In Eaton Rapids, Michigan. <laughs> Uh, and then aside from the founding members, there were the patients, of course. Uh, during the 40 years that the hospital was open, over 3,000 babies were born at Stimson Hospital. Thousands more patients were treated and healed, and thousands more still died within the hospital's walls. With so much death in one building, it's kind of hard to say who might be haunting the halls, but if anybody knows, it's probably the owner, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone, please welcome Pam Sturgill to the So Dead Lair. Hi, Pam. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, thanks for having me. So our first and most obvious question for you today, what in the world possessed you to buy a haunted hospital? Well, we bought a house. We're going to start there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful house. It, it is, and, and that's probably the, the first thing that attracted us was the look of it, um, also the size. Um, we've been toying for the last, you know, probably five, six years about the possibility of either purchasing or starting a bed and breakfast. And this house happened to come up on the market. We went and looked at it. And it was actually the realtor that told us that it was a hospital, which it doesn't look like a hospital. So it was kind of, kind of weird. I don't think we quite understood at the time you know, what he meant, um, and it wasn't until later on that, you know, we found out more of the history um, of how it started and where it went from from the days of the hospital. Um, as far as it being haunted, we heard the, the legends, you know, the stories, oh, this local haunted house, um, but just because somebody says a house is haunted doesn't necessarily mean that it's haunted. So we kind of took that with a grain of salt. Um, obviously, it, you know, it wasn't a deal breaker by any means, but until we experience something for ourselves, you know, we, we don't really take it as, you know, oh, they say it's haunted, it must be haunted. Do you, you know so mean? do you think it's haunted? There's definitely been some things that um, we've experienced that I can't explain. I can't deny they've happened. I can't replicate them. Um, so I definitely think there is something to all of the stories that are out there. What are some of the most shocking experiences that you've had at the house? Um, well, we've heard, I've heard voices. Um, and then go to see if, like, somebody's calling me or talking to me, and they're not even in that room anymore. Um, 
footsteps. You hear a lot of footsteps, um, especially on the stairs. A lot of movement in the what used to be the third story that is now attic space. And when I say movement, I'm not talking about, oh, could that have been a raccoon? I'm talking like <laughs> heavy furniture being moved. I think a raccoon would scare um, me more than a ghost, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when you talk about attics, that's one of the things people always say, oh, it's probably just an animal. Right. And, you know, we we went up there ourselves, which we had to break in through the ceiling to get to it. Oh, wow. Just to see, you know... Is there any evidence of animal activity? Like, what what is it that we're hearing? Because it's quite loud. Um, and other than a lot of dust, we really didn't find anything. Um, definitely nothing that would explain the heavy dragging sounds that we hear. Um, and I've heard them on my own, and I've talked to my husband about it, and, and I said, well, you know, you're, you're probably going to hear this because it happened. And sure enough, it's probably a couple weeks after that conversation that he was there by himself and he heard it. Wow. I did have an interesting experience uh, last winter. Walked in and there was a small shadow that took off running up the stairs oh as I walked God. by. <laughs> no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Did you and, turn you around know, and run back out? No, no, I actually went upstairs after it just to make sure there wasn't actually somebody in the house. Um, and there I knew wasn't. where my kids were at. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I've been a paranormal investigator since um, about 1997, so... So you don't scare easy. I don't scare easily, and, and my, my first thought when something happens is to try to debunk it. You know, right. Um, and so that's that's exactly what I did. Is I went upstairs and I checked all the closets. As funny as that sounds, oh my um, gosh! People give me a hard time for that. Oh, wasn't sure if they'll wait for you. Well, you know, at least I know it wasn't a ghost. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, do you have a hard time keeping tenants? At first, um, we had a hard time getting people to come look at it. <laughs> they didn't even want to step um, through the door. And it's such a beautiful well, building, too. Well, it's it's funny because right after right after we bought it, which I'm sure a lot of it was people were trying to figure out, you know, who we were, what we were doing. Um, and I can't I can't blame them because, you know, you have the local haunted house and you have these people purchase it and they drive, you know, weird cars. We we both drive hearses. It's <laughs> um, amazing. So I totally understand, you know, the curiosity. And so, you know, the local history um, gentleman was posting, like, pictures and, and stories of our house. So, like, every few days on my timeline on Facebook, there would be some story or, or picture or, you know, whatever. And so I think what was happening is, you know, people would call and they would set up a, a time to come in and look at the apartments that we offered available. And then next thing you know, they wouldn't show up, but here's a story on Facebook. 
So I don't know if they were seeing this, and so they're like, oh, no, it's haunted, you know, <laughs> what it was. Um, also, yeah, people are just flaky I, in general. People are just flaky, so. And I don't want to be a landlord, you know. I'm doing this right now because it helps me complete what I need to complete with the house. Um, this is not long-term, and the tenants that I have know this is not long-term. Right. Um, so I actually ended up going on um, to our Zillow listing, and I put on there, it is haunted. That's amazing. I'm going to give you back your deposit and help you move out at 3 a.m. That's I'm so funny. <laughs> that reminds me of, isn't it a thing in New Orleans when they list houses that it will say, like, not yeah. haunted? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. you're like, haunted, yes, haunted. Yeah. Um, so at least at that point, the, the people that were actually reading the listing, you know, kind of knew there was something, and, and we were very open with them about it. Because um, I, I understand that not everybody is is okay with this type of activity. Exactly. Um, it can right. be very scary, you know, living with something that you know is there and you can't see it, and it's doing things or making noise. You know, that can be scary. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, luckily, you know, it still took a few people, you know, that came and looked at it. Um but the two tenants that we have right now, they are, you know, well aware of what our plans are for the place. They're well aware of the history. Um, they've kind of become accustomed to, you know, people showing up and, and taking pictures of, of their house. <laughs> and us bringing an um, entire tour bus full of people by yeah, here. Yeah, the, the tour bus, you know, coming. Um, right. And they've been really, you know, really good about it. Um They've had experiences, too, and uh, they, they talk to us about them. So, Good. you know, I think that kind of helps, too, because they know that, that we're not going to think that they're crazy. When right. They come forward and say, hey, you know, we just had this dresser fall over on my daughter. <laughs> oh, no. That's terrible. And, 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 and that, that nearly happened. Oh, no. Um, they did have furniture fall over, you know, and just about, just, just missed, you know, the, the girl that was sitting there watching TV or whatever. And that one of the things that I think kind of gave the house such a stigma is because the people that were coming forward with these stories were being seen as crazy. Right. And um, you, when you I give them that somebody, opening, it's it's a lot yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. I talked to somebody else that lived there, you know, previously. And, you know, at first she didn't really want to talk about it because, you know, as she was living all of this, people were telling her, oh, you're crazy, there's nothing there, you know, and this this was really scary for her. And, you know, when I talked to her, I said, you know, I've, I've experienced things too, you know, this is what I've experienced. And she goes, oh my God. She goes, yes, everybody thought I was crazy, but this is what happened to me. And, you know, she had people calling her name, she thought her kids were calling her, she'd go in and they'd be sleeping. Um... You know, somebody oh, wow. walked by her her bedroom, and she thought one of the kids got up, and they hadn't. You know, so you know she lived all this, but after being told so much that oh no, it's all in your head, you know, she really withdrew and like wouldn't even talk about 
to, yeah, I live there, but I'll never, I'll never step foot in again. Right. So right now you're, you're in the middle of renovations of the house. You don't live there at this time. Do you intend to live there at some point? Once the bed and breakfast is open, we will have to have, you know, a permanent, permanent residence there. Are you excited about that? Are you looking forward to that? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Um, it's going to be an experience. I don't doubt that at all. Yeah. But, I mean, for as much time as we spend there now, I don't think it's going to be a difficult transition. And it'll be nice to not have to constantly do that back and forth any longer as well. Yes. Okay. So as far as the bed and, be- bed and breakfast, what does your timeline look like? Well, right now, we're just kind of taking it easy. When we started this project, we projected about five years. Okay. Um, the, the house went through a lot of transformations over the years. Um, it's pretty maze-like right now. It is so very, of, very maze-like. <laughs> yes. So there's a lot of planning as far as trying to bring back as much of the original layout as we can. That's awesome. Um, which means, you know, taking out walls, mm-hmm. taking out bathrooms. Um, there's Right now, there's four kitchens that we're not going to need, you know, stuff like that. Um, trying to restore all the old flooring that's been under carpet and dirt and crap for the past, you know, 40 years. Um, so we don't want to rush it because we want things to be done right. Absolutely. And obviously, you know, this, this all is going to take a lot of money. Um, <laughs> right. You know, so so we're optimistic that we'll be able to accomplish our goal. Um, if it takes less time, that's awesome. If it takes more time, you know, we're okay with that. Great. So in the meantime, while you're doing these renovations, you're doing murder mysteries, you're having paranormal investigations, seances, you have hearses in the driveway. <laughs> what What are the neighbors? What Have you talk to them about are they accepting are they freaked out you know we haven't we haven't had anybody really freaked out um a lot of the neighbors that we've talked to um are very supportive they're glad to see that it's not going to be low-income housing anymore um because they had a lot of issues with um drugs and, um, you know, fighting and and domestic violence issues. So Um, they're excited to see you putting something back into the community, much like when it was first turned into the hospital. It was a positive, and then it kind of got run down, and now you're going to be restoring it to something that is um, seen as a positive thing in the community. So even though it's Um, a little different, right, and so even though it's a little bit of a different thing, I would think people would be accepting of that probably. Yeah, and and for the most part, you know, they they have been. I'm sure there's, there's some people that, you know, are not really accepting of the idea of, you know, not necessarily promoting it as a haunted location, but accepting, you know, that it is. Right. Um, for a long time, they were trying to, you know, quash that. Um, both of the previous owners were very adamant that, no, 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 there's nothing like that, you know. But from their point of view, 
they're trying to make money and they want me to live there. And, you know, having it known as being haunted isn't necessarily conducive to having people want to live there. So I understand where they were coming from right. as right. well. At the same time, though, that's a draw for people now um, in a, in a lot of ways. And I think that, that that climate is changing. I see that a lot with the tours that we do. Mm-hmm. Some of the places we want to go, it's, oh, no, you know, this is a historical building. This is not something where we want to advertise that people think it's haunted. But that actually can wind up bringing in more business versus pushing people away, which is kind of the expectation there, I think. And, and that's very true. I know when I got into the field, you know, you didn't talk about it. Right. You know, people, would, people would make fun of you. You know, mm-hmm. there, was, there was a lot of, um, you know, Ghostbusters jokes. Um, so <laughs> the, the general society wasn't really accepting of this idea that there might be something out there that we don't understand. Right. Um, and I think I think that's changed a lot because now people are are very curious and more open-minded that they may not agree with your particular view on what may cause a haunting, but they're curious enough to take the time to listen. And I think think that's, you know, helped a lot of these historical places, you know, be maintained is because there is that additional interest from another group. I agree with you 100% on Mm -hmm. that. Uh, now, where can people keep track of the progress that you're making with the house and find out about events that you've got coming up throughout the year? I do maintain um, a Facebook page. It's just the Stimson Hospital. Stimson, um, S-T-I-M-S-O-N, correct? Yep, okay. correct. So they can they can follow us there. Um, I do post the occasional um, pictures of, of what we're doing, um, interesting tidbits of historical documents that I find, um, as well as any events that really cool. we have Great. as they become scheduled. Well, Pam, thank you so much for joining us today. We can't wait to uh, book our say at the Stimson Bed and Breakfast. I very much appreciate you guys having me. I mean, it's, it's, really, it's really nice because um, people are taking an interest again, and it is a very important landmark to mm-hmm. the community of Eaton Rapids. Yes, absolutely. We really can't wait to open the doors, but like I said, we're we're taking our time and trying to get it, you know, the way that we want it to be, you know, when people step through. Right. Yes, absolutely. That's wonderful. We're so excited for you, um, and we just can't wait to see what you've got in store. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So we've taken a few groups of tours to the Stimson Hospital. Uh, and, you know, we've got a few different routes now. We go to many, many places. We've been doing this. This is our fourth season that we're in right now. I don't scare easily. Okay, stop. I'm going to stop you. Yes. You've talked a little bit about tours, but yes. you, I don't think, have shared with our listeners what exactly these tours are and what company it is. Oh. And, and I'm a huge fan of these tours, so I think that we need to plug it for just a minute. I'm blushing. And just tell everybody so that they're like, what are these tours you're talking about? Like, are you in a band? 
what is this? That's, that's a good point. <laughs> um, it's Demented Mitten Tours is the name of the company. And we do true crime and paranormal tours in the mid-Michigan area. Uh, so places like the Stimson Hospital. It's so exciting to see someone come into ownership of a building that appreciates that side of the history so that we can, you know, take groups there and they're open and they're welcoming and they share the history and they share the ghost stories. Mm-hmm. All of that said, Stimson Hospital is beautiful. I can't wait for it to be finished um, as a bed and breakfast. I love all of the events that they're doing and putting together. Uh, it is one of the very few places that I do not like to go inside. However, um, I had a pretty strange experience the first time that we went, and I've had a couple strange experiences since. Hmm. Uh, like I said, don't scare easily. That's one of the very few places on our tours that does actually scare me a bit. Um, the first time that we went, we took a group of, I believe, about 20. It was our trial run just to kind of see how long everything took and all of that. And, you know, went into the house, did some exploring, learned about the history. Wasn't, didn't feel anything, sense anything, see anything. But that night I went home and I was sleeping. And I don't usually sleep very well, but this night I was sleeping pretty soundly. And I was having this dream that I had just had a surgery on my face and that they had botched the surgery and my face was too tight almost. Um, That's like my dream come true. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) So it was very painful on one side and I couldn't. I just kept kind of grabbing my face and saying, don't you see what they did? They disfigured my face. I look horrible. What do you mean you don't notice it? It was this whole dramatic thing. And I kept waking up from the dream and then going back to sleep and it would pick right back up where it was. And eventually I got up and I went into the bathroom and I turned on the light to get some water and kind of try to get my bearings because it was really freaking me out. And I had a sleep line that went from the corner of my mouth up my cheekbone to my hairline, that. right oh my where gosh. the scar in my dream was. So half asleep, you're like freaking out, I'm sure, looking y- in the mirror. Yes, I was terrified, and um, I shared the experience the following day with the people that had come on the tour, and three other people had dreams that night about being sick and in the hospital or having some sort of surgical procedure done or being like on their deathbed in the hospital. And it was just a really, really strange. Do you think it's coincidence or do you think like the people are going to think we're crazy for saying this, but do you feel like maybe you were like followed? I think it's possible that, you know, it could be a couple things. It could just be that we're all thinking about hospitals because we just went to a haunted hospital. Sure. Um, or it could have been, you know, the, the spirits in the house got into our heads a little bit and, and planted sure. those dreams, which is kind of what I feel like. Cause like I said, I, I didn't, creepy. I wasn't scared when I was there. I wasn't scared until after. Right. And ever since then, when I go back, I've got an uneasy feeling. Well, hell um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of our last tours that we did in 2018, um, I was outside because I had, gone on strike and I'm not going inside anymore. And so I'm standing outside by myself and it's drizzly rainy a little bit. And uh, people are inside the house and there's a couple of people back on our bus already, which is parked across the street. And I'm standing across the street from the house closer to the bus. And there's this man, it's it's midnight. There's Mm -hmm. this man walking toward me on the sidewalk. And 
I thought he would kind of deviate his path a little bit because Mm -hmm. I was standing in the middle of the sidewalk. And he didn't. He was coming straight for me. So I walked across the street uh, back over to where the house was to get away from him because I didn't know what his intentions were or what what was going on. There's just a man coming towards me at midnight in the rain. Right. Get the fuck away. Uh, Right. Stranger danger. Stranger danger. So I go across the street and I'm standing in front of the house and I turn back around to make sure he's not right there. He was gone. He wasn't right there. He was nowhere. That is so creepy. He was nowhere. He he didn't exist. He wasn't there. And um, I'm looking. I'm waiting for him to appear from around like a telephone pole. Um, Could you see like what his face looked like? Or was no, it just kind of like shadowy in the night? But it wasn't. I hear a song It wasn't in a there. figure. <laughs> shadowy in the night. Yeah. You want to sing it for me? <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, nope. Uh, so... I was freaked out and I just stood there staring vigilantly waiting for him to come back. And um, to the point that my husband got off the bus and came over to me and asked if I was okay and what's what's going on? What are you looking for? And I said, did you see that guy? And he was like, I didn't see any guy. And I was watching you the whole time, which is creepy in a different <laughs> way. He was the um, guy. <laughs> so when Pam came back out of the house with the guests, I told her what happened and she said, was he coming from this direction and she pointed at um, another house kind of down the block a bit Mm -hmm. and I was like yeah he was coming from there she's like like he was coming out of that house towards this building and I was like yes that's what I'm telling you she said well that's the old overflow building for the hospital stop I'm stopping nope I'm just saying so (gasps) yeah of all of the so does she own that building too or no 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 someone lives there it's a family home oh not mm-hmm. anymore. They're going <laughs> to be out of there in no time. Hey, if you live in that house and you're hearing you know. this podcast, uh, You've already, sorry about you. Yeah, but just call us and tell us what your experiences yep, are. Cause we'll, we'll talk through it. We know you have them. Yeah, we'll talk through all of it. Well, thank you guys again so much for making us a part of your day today. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at So Dead Podcast. You can also find us online at SoDeadPodcast.com and email us your feedback and any story ideas that you may have. You can send those to SoDeadPodcast at gmail.com. Goodbye forever. Have a nice life. 